Hello everybody, welcome to the Care Home Option podcast series. With me today, Gabriella Wills, is Drew. Hi Drew. Hi Gabriella, hello everyone. We thought that today uh, we have uh, completed the, the first three podcasts, which are very much about how to prepare to go into a care home, uh, etc. Maybe today we will start looking at what happens uh, when people go into a care home. But before we go there, I wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about uh, how care homes at the moment are very much in the news and how topical it is, not just for people looking to go into a care home, people who work in a care home or those around them, but actually to the whole um, care sector um, system. We are currently in July 2022, a very hot month with a few very hot days, which of course mean that the most vulnerable, which includes older people and the very old people in care homes who are uh, maybe frailer, are at a higher risk. Uh, There is talk about the shortage of staff, not just in care homes, but in the uh, sector, the the social care sector as a whole. Uh, We are facing changes in the government and there are big question marks about what will the new government with a new prime minister do in order to get the sector, the social care sector back on track. So I think that where we are uh, tackling these issues, which we have mentioned in some of the previous episodes and we'll probably touch on again, are very relevant. Today, we really want to focus on maybe the positive stuff. What happens in care homes? How do they work? What can people expect? And hopefully that will balance the scales a little bit for now. Yeah, we've made the decision to find out about care homes, find the care home that we would be happy in, the the deal that we have with the care home, the legal structure. So we're moving in. And what's it like to live in a care home? What can you expect? Yeah, for, for people like me who work in the sector, and I, I guess it's for anyone working anywhere, you forget that what you know is not common knowledge and people who are not connected don't know and with care homes in particular um, unless you have a relative there people have not been and it's all very strange and probably a little bit scary because well if you're going to make that the place where you're going to live um, maybe it will help if people know a little bit more so I will start by describing a typical 24 hours in a care home because we're talking about days but let's not forget their nights as well um i cannot say that what i'm saying now is exactly what is happening in every care home but as a general structure it's probably typically what will people will find so uh, most homes operate either two or three shifts. Uh, the shifts obviously concern the staff and when they will be there. So a two uh, shift system 
will have 12 hours. So there will be staff who come in the morning, typically at 8 o'clock, and finish at 8 at night. And then there will be the night shift that will come. There is a bit of leeway on either side for handover between the shifts, but that's more or less uh, that. And of course, they don't work every day of the week. They have some rest days, so they are normally teams that work opposite each other. The three shift um, pattern means that there are two day shifts, an early and a late with some overlap and then a night shift. The night shift is normally maybe 10 or 12 hours because there's no interruption in between. So if we start, let's say, uh, the day with the morning shift arriving, typically they will have their handover and then breakfast between 7 till 10-ish, uh, which means people will be helped to have their morning routine, whatever that means. Some people need very little help. Some people need a lot of help. Sometimes staff will have to work in pairs because they need to operate things like hoists, etc. And that makes it much safer. So the morning is a very, very busy time in a care home. And I will just a little note for anyone trying to ring a care home during those times. Don't be surprised if it takes a long time for the phone to be picked up because the staff are out there really putting everything on their contact with residents, service users, whichever way they're called, uh, to start their day. Mid-morning, there will be activities, people just socializing. Sometimes they're visiting people, maybe a doctor, maybe um, a chiropodist, etc. Of course, then is lunch, 12 o'clock, maybe one or two o'clock. Again, different people, different homes. Um, after lunch, people will either go to their rooms to have a nap. In some homes, people just sit in the lounge and rest, but it's very much a bit of a uh, quiet time, it's also an opportunity for the care staff if they're there for 12 hours to have their own little break. And from about, I would say, 2.30ish, there is again more activity, uh, whether it's organized activity or just people doing whatever they wish. Visitors come normally, school children, you know, grandchildren finish school. So it's quite a nice time in a care home. It's quite busy, it's quite social. And then again, wrapping up kind of towards dinner, which in some homes will be 5, 5.30 and others maybe 6.30 or 7, depending on the client group and how they're organized. Um, if I didn't mention meals in many of, most of the homes happen in a, in a dining room or maybe there are a number of dining rooms. And after that, again, it will come down and as people like, they will be helped back to their rooms and back to bed, whatever routine that means. And of course then, come about eight o'clock, nine o'clock, there is uh, the night shift that arrives. It's a much smaller team because there is a lot less happening in most homes during the night. Most people are asleep in their, in, in their beds, uh, but there's still quite a lot to do. A lot of people, many people need help during the night, whether it's going to the toilet or maybe they can't turn around or maybe they have other treatments in a nursing home that need to be happening. 
most homes will have some way of checking on people to make sure that they're fine, didn't fall when they went to, to the toilet. And um, then the whole cycle uh, finishes. The one really interjection just before um, I can see, Drew, you want to ask me a question on behalf of our listeners. When I talk about meal times, almost every meal time will also include medication giving because many of the medications are a kind of between one to four times a day. Uh, a lot of the time it's better to have it with food. All the residents are mostly in one place. So staff are also busy giving medication. I will talk about medication separately. It's a, it's a big issue for a lot of people. It's a very important issue. Uh, but I just thought I'd mention because it is kind of part of the routine and it is also why during meal times as well, staff are very busy. Many of the residents in care homes need help. They all need to have, be served, but many of them actually need somebody to sit with them to either prompt them to eat or drink uh, or actually to help them eat. Um, so these are very kind of labor intensive times during the day. But I can see you have a question. No, I just Drew. my question was about a monitoring residents at night. Will someone, for instance, go in every hour, just check behind the door, make sure they're sleeping comfortably? Is there are there video cameras where people can someone one of the staff managers can just keep an eye on everyone at the same time? Is there a some a string to pull if if they need help? Yeah, so many so many really. Uh, insightful uh, points, uh, Drew. So kind of all of it, or some of it, depending on the home. So the one thing I would say is that, uh, and we'll come back to it when maybe we talk about monitoring also about people's health. Um, people live in a care home. We made the distinction before. It's not a hospital. People are not necessarily ill. They may be ill. They may have conditions, but they live there because they need help and support with their activities of daily living. So we need to be very careful not to medicalize that. It's not a hospital. Nobody wants to live in a hospital for the rest of their lives. So it's always a balance between keeping people safe and feeling secure and making sure that they, as much as possible, don't come to harm or if something is happening that it is discovered as quickly as possible and then they get the help that they need. There's that against, let's check somebody's pulse and temperature every hour because who knows maybe it will change that can happen if some if that is required because of a specific um, condition normally for a short period of, period of time if somebody is very ill so as a routine uh, most care homes will have a night check routine that is in most places, I would say two hourly, unless again, there is a reason to go and see somebody more often. People will have uh, the, the string thing that you're referring to is called normally a nurse call. Um, so they can call a member of staff who will attend to them. And again, talking about electronic and digital technology to help. Uh, some homes um, have implemented it's called acoustic monitoring so they can listen in and if somebody moans and groans or they can hear somebody going at getting up uh, they may 
go and and see them that is okay it's probably helpful in some cases most homes will be very careful about using cameras and the main reason for that is not because of hiding anything but somebody's privacy and dignity i don't know about you drew but i know that i wouldn't want a camera mm. filming me in my room in my bed um, so there is that balance of how but in short yes people are observed regularly during the night in order to if there is an issue there is a, there's a lower technology that can be involved which are pressure mats so it's either a mat in the bed or on the floor if it's on the bed when the person gets up it will bleep if the person steps on it if it's on the floor it will alert the staff and this is for people who may be living with dementia but maybe they're not so stable on their feet at night in particular because they're sleepy so it may not prevent them from falling but if they are getting up somebody will go quickly and hopefully help them not to fall um, so there's all sorts of kind of ways to make sure that people are safe when they're in their room and again during the day people many people not everyone some people stay in their room out of choice some people are bed bound and can't but the majority of the residents are kind of gathered in communal areas so it's easier to to see them and, and observe and and offer help when needed at night they each one in their rooms many of them like to have the door closed um, so it is very important that that happens regularly having said that people have the option to say i don't want to be disturbed every time you open the door i wake up i feel safe don't come in uh, and in a way that leads me to the next question or, or topic to talk about is i described a very general routine i can't say that it's like that in every care home but also it while we have a very general routine it is very important that every person who lives in a care home has the opportunity to have their own way of living as they wish that is not just something that is nice to do it is something that a care home legally has to do that's very interesting so you you want your, your some of your old routine to carry on the routines that you had at home as much as possible you'd want to still be living those in a care home as much as is possible yeah again it's always a balance we can't do everything just the way somebody likes and this is the compromise people have to understand they're going into a communal shared kind of living um, but it is very much a human human's right issue that people when they live for a period of time somewhere can live life as closely as possible to how they wish to and in order to enable that each person has a document which is called a care plan and it is very important for people who move to a care home and as important for any of their relatives to understand that concept 
And if people remember what I, when I talked about being having an assessment before the person comes into a care home, where they will assess whether what the needs are and how uh, they will meet them, this is when a, a care plan is starting to put together. And it has to be in place within days of somebody coming in. So what is a care plan? Well, it is kind of what it says on the tin. It's a document which summarizes the person's likes and dislikes, needs for support, how these are going to be met, any risks and how these are going to be, if not eliminated, minimized. And then a record of what has been done by the staff in order to meet each and every one of those aspects of life. And this record is updated daily? Daily, sometimes more. There's a list and ticks are ticked and crosses are crossed? Uh, Kind of, in principle. So a care plan, it it just, if you, you think about your day, Drew, with our listeners, if you think about a day in your life, how many things that you do, there is your how you like to get up, what you like to wear, what when you want your breakfast and what kind of breakfast and what do you like to do in your spare time, uh, what are your mobility like and what kind of risks and what is in your room that maybe can be a risk factor for you, who visited you, what did the doctor say, etc, etc every aspect of life needs to be recorded and it's almost impossible because how do you capture everything so again there needs to be a balance but as much as possible if we capture in writing ticks and are not good for some things but mostly it needs to be descriptive so that anyone who picks it up let's say a new person joins the team they've never seen that person they should be able to get all the information they need from that document and then they need to also record that. In the many years that I worked in care homes, it's always been problematic because it's so vast and people's language may not always be very good, people's handwriting is not very good. If you then want to go and find what happened a week ago, it's mountains of paper. Um, there are risk assessments. So let's say somebody's weight will be taken maybe once a month if they're not at high risk and they're stable. Or maybe their temperature once every or their blood pressure. So then suddenly there's a problem and we want to look back. It might be quite easy to find the weight or, or, or blood pressure. But if you then want to go to the date and say, well, what happened the week before? It's almost impossible. It doesn't matter how organized it is. It is very difficult to find it easily and to understand and to put a picture together. So again, this is where I'll bring in um, digital technology. And I was myself a great campaigner in where I worked to introduce electronic care plans. Uh, it took a while to convince 
people because at the time it was oh it really will not work and we don't have the infrastructure and our staff are not computer savvy uh, and uh, the care quality commission are not going to like it there were all sorts of re a lot of reasons why not to do it because it was new and quite rightly many of the staff were quite weary of using technology I won't go into the detail of how we implemented, but it was very successful. Um, and the benefits are numerous. Number one, it's very easy to get a report. People operate with having a handset which looks like an, it, it's an iPhone, but it doesn't work as a phone or a, a phone, a, a mobile phone. It works as a mini computer. Uh, they carry this, they have their own one that they pick up at the beginning of the shift and they know who they're going to look after today, four, five, six residents. When, as they go along, they can take what the person had for breakfast. We, they wanted an omelet, an avocado, and etc. and they ate about 50% of it, or maybe they ate all of it. And maybe they said in the end, I really enjoyed that, I'd like the same tomorrow. So it, it means that both the, 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 person, the carers have the information on hand, on hand they can input it more or less straight away. And anyone who has permission can access data very quickly. Plus, because we have so much data as an organization, a care home can start and see, maybe learn lessons about nobody ate breakfast on that day. So what was wrong? Was it, were they all suddenly not happy with it or was there a problem in the kitchen or something? When, so of course there are issues that are much more topical, much more important about drinking or about weight loss. You know, these are signs that things are not as they should be with older people and it can give early warnings and therefore uh, earlier intervention and maybe prevention of people becoming ill or even going into hospital. And the last thing about care, um, care plans is who has the right to look into it? Who does it belong to? The care plan actually belongs to, to the person, to the resident. It's their care plan, it's their life, and as much as possible they should be encouraged to participate. Uh, especially in the beginning when it's all put together. It is also very good practice for their loved one, their, their inner circle to contribute to it and say they like this or they don't or who, who they are. We, we normally mark who those people are. And again, having the lasting power of attorney, which we mentioned, really helps in terms of who is allowed to look into. We don't encourage people to say, can I read this person? Because it is private. Everything is in there. But sometimes um, either ask a member of staff or even the person themselves to look at certain aspects. Some care homes have care plans, electronic care plans that have a, I don't know, like a viewing platform or you, they can post pictures of activities, etc., so people can so we're running our care plan and let's talk about activities and I'm sure well are are these activities included and recorded in the care plan so let's talk about activities and visitors okay 
Uh, yeah, you know, I, I said a few times, so what do people actually do all day? Um, and how important it is to remain as engaged as one can. Most care homes, and it's very different, but most care homes will have people coming in to do all sorts of activities, storytelling, chair-based exercise, yoga, dancing. Most or many of them will actually have an activities organizer for, you know, as, as a description, somebody who is um, responsible to make sure that there's the recreational and social stuff happening in people's lives according to what they like. And I think, again, when looking back at people looking at care homes, see, this is an important thing to, to understand what, what is on offer, particularly if there's somebody who's very active, used to be very active, maybe like to do something. So let's say somebody wanted to go, loved going to the opera. That's not included in your care fees. Uh, maybe they can't even go, but maybe they can. So how will that be incorporated? This is the individualized care plan. But maybe they don't need to go to the opera. Maybe it can be put in their care plan. They particularly like opera and they we, we organize to stream it for them and they can watch it. But we know that that's what they like and we don't put them you know, in front of the TV to watch, I don't know, rock and roll. Maybe they like both, but... You see what I'm saying? So there is an expectation with the, with the home where, where there is good practice that at least some of the activities will be tailor-made. And where there is a amazing practice and outstanding practice, then particularly for people who remain in their room, some people don't like to be with others, some people um, can't, they're bed bound and, and to the point that they can't leave the, the, the bed in the room that people go into their room I, I once saw there was a dancers came and gave a performance um, and they then went to somebody's room and did a little, limited obviously but did something, a little performance for them um, or singing, that it is that people are included as much as is possible and these activities are uh, daily, hopefully daily, twice a day? So whenever people, again, like I said, the, the kind of a social part of the day will start normally after breakfast. Uh, although that in itself is, is, a, is a social interaction. People sit at tables with others and they know each other. So those organised activities will happen normally, I would say, kind of between 10 and 12 and then again... 2.30ish to, till the evening and maybe after sometimes there's an evening thing depending on the client group um, yeah there is an expectation it won't be the same but most places will have a program of activities uh, weekly program and it should be um, available for people to see and they participate in what they want and mm. not uh, again, of course, there is the celebration. Some places will have prayers, lectures. There's all sorts. And sometimes, and I've seen it myself, there may be people in the care home, residents, they may have issues, but they may still have a lot that they can do. 
and they have an interest and they will kind of give a, a lecture of, of an interest to show slides from amazing holidays so again the more people who live there are encouraged to participate the better and talking about participation uh, there are residence meetings there are food forums there are places where the people who live in the home meet with the teams and actually try and influence and tell them as a group what they like what they don't like and how they would want it to change lots of places or not lots of places but some places have uh, little allotments where people can grow things because we know it feels so nice if you can create something and help something grow so there's so much that can be done and there are schemes and guidance um loneliness is a is a big issue for for a lot of people but in for for older people and the very old maybe their spouse isn't around anymore and even if they're alive maybe they're not able to see them and they don't live at home and they're losing their independence and their health um and it is it 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 can create additional issues for emotional uh, and other for people and therefore those working in care homes and those visiting need to try and find ways of of trying to minimize that and pets in care homes are, are an amazing uh, way that I know residents love either there is a cat or birds uh, there may be pet dogs which is pets as therapy pet dogs that visit they're trained they're not dangerous they know how to behave um, fish tanks are okay but they're more for show but any kind of ways that somebody can have something that they can maybe you know, stroke, stroke interact touch, with yeah watch walking around help care for in 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 recent years quite a few of the homes that i worked had uh, there's a company i don't know if it's a farm they provide eggs in an incubator chicken eggs in an incubator and they hatch eventually and the people in the care homes love it they kind of wait for them and then when they hatch um there's a celebration and then they go back they don't necessarily we had uh, i was in one home that actually had some hens and people can go and get the eggs and all of that so there is so much that can be done and all we need is for the team in the homes and most homes there are is to understand that existence is not living it's the baseline but we need to enable people um, a way of expressing themselves of interacting of contributing of feeling useful even in the tiniest way um, i will tell a story of it uh, somebody who and that was filmed actually somebody who used to be he used to cut salmon now smoked salmon and there is a skill to it if you ever bought smoked salmon it needs to be very thin and uh, obviously very sharp knives are used to do that 
And that person ended up being in a care home and uh, he, he had dementia. So physically he was okay, um, but he, he, he had quite advanced dementia. And the team there decided with permission, his and his family, to reintroduce him. They took him to the kitchen and gave him his white, um, not an apron, Chef's but overall. kind of, yes. Uh, and everything you needed and a set of very sharp knives and a big sack smoked salmon that needed to be <laughs> sliced and at first he wasn't sure what to do and of course they were made absolutely sure that he was safe but he did and at some point he knew what to do because that was what he did and the sense of achievement the the reflection of what the validation of who he was because most of the time he didn't know who he was was amazing so of course it needs to be done with great caution and responsibility and permission from the right people but there is no limit and what i think can get in the way sometime is the hesitance to take any risk Life is full of risks. Everything we do is potential risk. So we try and keep it to a minimum. But if we didn't take any risk, we'll end up doing nothing. And who wants to do that? So your question was about activities and what do people do? It is endless. And yes, it needs to be recorded, both in terms of what they can and can't do and what they like to do and what they can't. And then what did they do and did they enjoy it, etc. But I think there is a lot that can be done and should be done and good homes of which there are many 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 um, do that and of course the carers themselves so just a, a little note uh, and i will make a slight connection with digital technology because i think it is important the carers offer a lot of practical help they will help somebody get up out of bed get dressed get showered first, get dressed and, and be ready for the day. It can be done, I hope it's never done, as just a series of actions. But actually, and it takes a long time if somebody maybe is not mobile, if somebody has dementia, doesn't remember. If it's done properly, it's such an amazing interaction because you talk and you touch and you ask questions and you chit chat like anybody else would and you give them choice what would you like to wear and somebody told me very recently somebody who is not a carer but joined a carer in on a daily kind of to see what it's like and his thing was that it took them maybe an hour and a half to get somebody up because they really couldn't do anything much for themselves but in the end this person combed the, the resident's hair and the carer said actually no they like it combed the other way it just again tells you how much they know exactly they don't need to look on the file anymore but that interaction if done rightly is a lot because they know each other and it is people and the connection with digital technology and electronics and robots, uh, I was often kind of asked if, if, if 
You can give medication. There are robots now who can do that because really it's a very physically technical kind of thing. You take the pot and you give and the person takes it and that's the end of it. Yes, it may reduce the, the need for staff, of which we, we know that there is an issue at the moment. My view is that more will be lost than gained because that interaction of giving somebody medication, which can take a long time because they don't rush and they want to talk and then they want to know which pill does what, um, which is quite right. Can take 15 20 minutes that's for one person they may have to give medication to 20 and it's not one pill they take a lot of medication so to take that away we will you we lose the human element the activity the interaction everything that that, that does the other activities are spontaneous interactions between people staff and residents residents and residents and of course you mentioned visitors mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about that. You know, this the human closeness is so important, even if it's combing hair and being given up one's pills. Mm. But the most important activity probably is seeing your loved ones. So let's just spend a little time talking about visitors. Absolutely. So, as you say, uh, Drew, visitors, uh, whether they're relatives or just people coming into a care home, are so important. It's interesting, you know, so many uh, residents like to sit in the lobby entrance and really just watch who is coming and going. There are suppliers, there's the post person, the comings and goings, uh, which people really like. And then, of course, there is family, which is who you refer to. And it is so wonderful to see um, people coming, sitting either in somebody's room or they sit in the gardens having tea, grandchildren and great-grandchildren coming. It is just such a joy and it makes the care home a lively place as well. Many homes have school children come in and interact with residents. Again, they love young people. I think the intergenerational interaction is really important. So those visitors are again, very important. And the other type of visitors are volunteers and some places don't really have many, Um, some do. It's an amazing uh, addition and help, not only to the team uh, of staff, but of course, as I said, to the residents. And I think people who volunteer get a lot out of it themselves. So visitors are very important. I would remind people that um, they are visiting someone's home and it's a home that they share with others. So always need to be very mindful of the other people. Um, So many homes will say we don't uh, allow visitors into the dining room during mealtimes. That doesn't mean you can't have a meal with your relatives, but we'll set it out somewhere where it's not interrupting and not disruptive for those who want a quiet meal in their own home. Uh, most homes don't have visiting hours. It's, again, most hope, hopefully, will be open to visitors, but again, within reason. So mealtimes, not so good. Uh, nighttime definitely not good unless there is uh, a, a reason somebody's ill or 
other situation where relatives will be invited in. So again, unless there is a very specific reason, just be mindful that there are all sorts of things that are happening. But most homes will welcome visitors uh, as, as, as a wonderful addition. The more people that visit a home, and we'll talk about safeguarding towards the end of the series, um, most homes are very safe. More abuse and safeguarding concerns happen in people's own homes because there's nobody to witness it. And if somebody is kind of going to do that, then that's where it could happen more. But the reason I'm mentioning it now is that the busier a home is with people coming and going, the more witnesses there are that will deter anyone who is going to do wrong, which again, there is not a lot going on, but there is, and we'll talk about it another time and how to deal with that. Thank you, Gabriella. Tell us about what you're going to talk about on our next episode. We're going to continue with the theme of life in a care home, uh, focusing mainly on staff and staffing, describing the main roles um, and their complexity, both in terms of caring for people directly and managing care homes, which um, are really important uh, roles. Uh, we're then going to talk about other care professionals and how they fit into the system and really also talking about the rights of people uh, who live in care homes to access all those services as if they were living in the community. And finally, we will also discuss the very important subject of building and developing uh, an honest, open and trusting relationship between all those concerned with the resident, including the resident themselves. So it's the resident, the relatives, the care team and any other health professionals and how the impact of such a relationship can make the whole experience and the well-being of the residents so much better when it works and not so good when it doesn't. So just to finish, listeners, two more resources for you. The first is myhomelife.org.uk and they promote positive practice and improve the quality of life for those living and visiting and working in care homes. And the other is petsastherapy.org and they strive to ensure that everyone, no matter their circumstances, has access to the companionship of an animal. Sounds interesting. Onwards with our next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.